Hi and welcome back to On Your Bike. We are the podcast all about what's going on in the world of cycling sport. Um, we are your hosts, I'm Natalie and once again I'm here with my dad Brian. Hello. Um, how are you dad this week? I'm very well Natalie, thank you. Good. Um, been up to anything interesting? No, nothing uh, in particular, no. No, you haven't been out to the pub or anything? I've been out to the pub a few times, yeah, but uh, that's nothing more than usual. <laughs> <laughs> and you've not been out on your bike yet? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, it'll, it'll be coming soon, though. It's the first day of spring, isn't it? Next, uh, is it Monday? I think so. The clocks yeah, will so, be. Um, if the weather keeps like this, yeah. Yeah, it'll be, be good. good. Be good to get out again. Yeah. yeah. You go into hibernation a bit over the winter, I do don't indeed. you? indeed, yeah. yeah. And back on your bike for the summer and out for a cup of tea. Out for a cup of tea. In a scone, maybe. Chat with friends out in the beautiful Yorkshire countryside. All you need. All you need. So, uh, yeah, last week uh, we did a mid-race review of the Paris-Nice classic road race. I think we got up to, um, was it the Wednesday? I think it was yeah, just before. Just, Wednesday with the last uh, stage we talked about, I think. Yeah, just before they got up into the mountains, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, from what I remember, Jumbo Visma were well in the lead. That's right. Yeah, Rodgers was in the lead in the yellow jersey. So um, you've been watching it all again this week? Yep. Yeah, um, finished on Sunday, stage eight, the final stage into Nice. Uh, you want to tell you all about that then and how the race uh, finally ended? Yeah, yes, please. If well, that's what yeah, the do. final stage, as I said, was on Sunday. And uh, going into the stage, Primoz Roslik <coughs> was in the lead. Still? Still mm. in the lead. He had a 40-second lead over second-place rider Simon Yates and one minute over the third-place rider Daniel Martinez of uh, Ineos Grenadiers. And the final stage of the Paris-Nice, it was a hard-fought affair with constant climbing and descending. Uh, the final climb of the day, the Caldez, it didn't disappoint and was worth waiting for. It's called the Race to the Sun, but it didn't live up to its nickname and was in fact the most unpleasant stage of the whole race. It was a cold rainy day in the south of France with the temperature at just 7 degrees. Most of the riders were wearing rain jackets and gloves, and in the closing miles of the race you could see some riders were suffering with the cold conditions. There were five categorised climbs in the short 72-mile stage, starting with the Côte de Levon. David Godot and David Lacrosse were among the seven non-starters. Did they not wait for Godot? <laughs> well, God, I don't think Godot got out of bed. I think, well, I think he might have got out of bed and looked out of the, uh, of the window. And when he saw the weather, he thought, oh, to hell with this. Uh, I'm going home. <laughs> uh, I, I know him. that quite a lot of the riders live down there in that area of France, so probably it was close to home. Mm. Um, so... Many riders live in Nice um, uh, and uh, in Monaco. Wow, lovely. Yeah, and uh, so they'll know the roads well. Mm. And uh, they probably thought, well, I've no chance of winning. There's not much uh, <coughs> point in me carrying on in these conditions. It's cold and wet. Uh, that's it for me. Mm, save the legs for another day. Save the legs for another day, yeah. So, as I said, there were seven non-starters. 
further reducing the field with many non-starters early in the week due to illness. Covid? Could have been. Yeah, could have been. Of course, I forgot that I can't uh, ride the bike. Well, they're not allowed to. Um, so, a fierce pace up the third climb did see the peloton reduced. Ineos Grenadiers went on the front of the climb and Rowan Dennis of Jumbo Vism was dropped, leaving Roslick with just about one out for assistance. So only one other member of his team? Yeah. What's happened to the rest of them? Have they just not they were, they were They were still in there. Like I said, Rowan Dennis was uh, is in the race, but uh, he, he lost contact uh, on the climbs. And uh, there was uh, other riders uh, of the Jumbo team. I think most of them were still there, but uh, I think they were failing the effort of riding, uh, you know, seven days riding. Yeah, keeping up yeah. with uh, mm, with yeah. Primus. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Roslick and uh, Van are very, very strong riders, and so is Rowan Dennis, but uh, it took its toll on him and he, he uh, fell back. Anyway, then uh, Danny Martinez made two stinging attacks on the climb and Roslick was unable to follow. But fortunately for him, Van Aert was having a good day and was able, <coughs> along with uh, the ever-dependable Nero Quintana and Simon Yates, rode away from the rest. So we got a breakaway. Yeah. Uh, it was just uh, it, it was just um, Simon Yates, mm. the head uh, head of the uh, the rest of them. These five riders stayed together with a large chasing group fifty seconds back. Then poor Danny Martinez, after all his hard work, stopped with the mechanical, and eventually dropped back into the chasing group. Oh no! Mm. So if you have to stop for a mechanical, how much? Time would you be? Well, I suppose it depends on what the mechanical is, doesn't it? Yeah, he lost quite a bit. Uh, it was quite a bit of a valuable time. He um, it was well up overall, as you'll see at the finish. Mm. Do, but, would he uh, have to fix that himself? Oh um, no, no, mm. no! He waited for the team car. Yeah. Uh, it, they're all radioed up, and we can speak to the team car any time. So uh, they knew he had a problem, and uh, got up to him and. Fixed whatever the problem was, either gave him a new bike, give him a new wheel, or whatever. Mm. Anyway, he never got back up to the main, uh, to the five leaders again, and uh, finished in the uh, in the chasing group. No, oh, what a shame for him. Mm. He could have done well that day. Mm. He was he was looking good on the climbs, and it... uh, so you never know what might have happened to him. You know, if not for his misfortune. How annoying. Yeah. I wonder um, what, how well was he doing in the previous races? Was he up there to win it? Um, do you mean in previous races previous to the uh, Pabsnees? Well, no, in the one in the in the stages. Sorry, in the stages. Oh, it was well placed. Mm. It was well placed. Yeah. Anyway, by the time they reached the final climb of the Caldez, it had stopped raining, the sun was breaking through, and the road was starting to dry. Then, on the steepest part of the climb. Simon Yates put in an explosive attack and again Roderick couldn't, couldn't respond. It was obvious he was struggling. 
Yates was gaining ground and built up a lead of 30 seconds for a while and it looked like he could keep it up. He might take their overall lead. But Roslick was struggling, but with the help of Van Hurt, who paced him up to the top of the climb, Yates' advantage stuck at 30 seconds. Van Hurt, one of the best defenders, sorry, one of the best descenders, not descenders, not descenders, <laughs> flew down the Caldez into Nice with Roslick just behind and took 20 seconds back on Yates. Blimey, he must have been going a fair old whack to. He was. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely flew down. It looked like, like they might even bring back Yates before the finish and contest the win. But Simon Yates, a young rider from Bury in Lancashire, was able to hold them off and won the stage by nine seconds, with Van Hurt second and Roslick third. So Primus Roslick wins the 2022nd Paris-Nice from Simon Yates at 47 seconds and Daniel Martinez third at one minute. So although he had a mechanical and like I said, um, finished in the uh, in the chase with the chasers, he uh, he finished uh, only a minute behind uh, Primus Roslick, you know, so after, was... after eight stages. So he, he might he might have been uh, if he could have attacked like Yates did. He might uh, you don't you never know what might he might have done. So yeah, he was third at uh, one minute and. Uh, Simon Yates' brother, twin brother, Adam, he was in fourth place at 1 minute 50 seconds behind. Blimey. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the this year's Paris-Nice. So it sounded really exciting. It was, especially the last stage, yeah. 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 Mm. So there was all sorts going on. Mm. Mm. So, um, Simon Yates, it sounds like he's one to look out for for the future then. He's a good rider. He yeah. always has been. Had some very big wins and... Uh, I suppose the riders will be all uh, getting ready for the <coughs> Milan San Remo, which starts this weekend. Does it? Just a single day race. Mm. It's the longest uh, single day race on the calendar, pro calendar, uh, around about 180 miles. And uh, it's a good race to watch because uh, you get a de decent weather and once they hit the Mediterranean coast and they uh, ride all the way down there. Uh, on the rocky coast road uh, all the way to San Remo before San Remo there's two um, two climbs not that long but significant uh, on how the race might finish first there's the, the, the suppressor and then the uh, Poggio and once the summit the Poggio uh, similar to Paris-Nice it's all down uh, downhill into San Remo Wow, so so uh, that can be very hairy, as the plummet down there going for the lead, because um, it's all built up around uh, around the road houses and mm. uh, you know walls and uh, tricky little bends to negotiate, and then onto the uh, the flat uh, road to, up to the finish uh, in the city. So worth watching. Worth watching. So mm. when does that start, San Remo? Yeah, I think it's Saturday. Saturday. This Saturday. Mm. So all these riders that rode this big classic race, will they all? Will the majority of them be going towards the? the I think Milan most Sandy of them will be. It's sort of like a warm up for them. 
of the San Remo. Uh, British riders who were riding, you know, uh, Cavendish has won it before, Mark Cavendish, which proves he can get over the climbs as long as they're not too uh, long and high. Is he not a climber? He's not a climber, but he can get over them. Mm. You know, he's, um, he's won a lot of stages in the Tour de France and uh, he's won a stage um, on the Champs-Élysées in Paris on the final day. So he had to get all, all, over all the big climbs to, uh, to get there. Mm. And of course, finish, <coughs> finish within the time zone on each stage. So his strength is more in his sprinting then? If yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's, he's the world's best sprinter. Mm. I uh, remember seeing him when he, was it the Tour de France or was it the Tour de Yorkshire when he came? He was coming into Harrogate in the lead and he fell just before the finish. Mm. Was that, which one was that? Was um, it the Tour de Yorkshire? That was, uh, no, that that was the uh, the Tour de France. Was it? Yeah. Oh, blimey, I bet he was really yeah. gutted about that. Yeah. Yeah, he crashed and uh, I think he broke some bones there, didn't he? I think he did. I think it was just in front of Betty's, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was just there coming up there. He hadn't far to go. No. No. No, just the last sprint. Yeah, but that's what sprint is like. Mm. <coughs> so no, Another rider to look out for, of course, is uh, Tom Pincock. The, oh, uh, our local lad. Our local lad from Leeds. Mm. Uh, Tom's riding. And uh, it's his first ever Paris-Nice. And uh, all the races he's done previously to this, because he's, he's uh, only been a pro for a short while, he's done very well. He's always been up there at the finish. And uh, so we'll see what he can do. Yeah, so he's going to be riding in the Milan-San Remo as well. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Oh, you yeah. said Paris-Nice. Mm. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, sorry, I meant Paris. I went to Milan San mm. Remo, yeah. So he's only a really young lad then, isn't he? What is he, like 22? He's, uh, I think he's 20, I think he's 23 now, 23. yeah. 23? Yeah. I mean, previously this uh, this year, a uh, few weeks ago, he won the World Cyclocross Championship. The Elite World Cyclocross Championship. And he's also won it before at other levels, junior and under 23. Okay, so I've got a question now. Mm. What is cyclocross? Cyclocross is uh, when you go across country. It's a bit like cross-country running, except with bikes. So, so would it be uh, more like mountain biking than road, than road racing? No, it's not really mountain biking. They're not going down really steep climbs and uh, up steep uh, hillsides. Well, there is ups and downs in it. Uh, but, yeah, it's over rough ground and... Uh, through mud and uh, over obstacles, and uh, which are where the riders have to get off and carry the bike on the shoulder mm. and run a little bit. So it's a mixture of running and uh, and bike riding. Oh, blimey, then no wonder he's so strong if he's having to well, ride yeah, over ground like that. You've got to be. Mm. And uh, he won the world champs in both the junior and under 23 uh, World Cyclocross Championship. So it's something he's obviously very good, pretty good at. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the sport I've not heard of before, Recyclocross. It's, it's good to watch. It's a lot of riders do it uh, in the wintertime, you know, when it's uh, <clears throat> there's not many races on the road through the winter, well, especially in Europe. Mm. Although cycling sports uh, worldwide now, you know, they have races. It's in Australia, of course, it's their summertime. Yeah. And so they have some big races on down there. And in, in the United States as well. So it's often televised then, because I don't think I've ever well, seen cyclocross. it. Cyclocross. Not as often as road racing, mm. no. 
But uh, there is some on now, yeah. 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 Mm. So it's one to look out for then. Anybody else that we should be keeping an eye out for? Well, I haven't looked at the start list yet, so I'm not really sure. But if, uh, you know, the Yates brothers, they're always good top competitors. Uh, I don't, like I say, I don't know if Cavendish is riding, but he's won it before. So mm. and, uh, he's been he's been pulling up some really good results uh, recently. So uh, he knows how to win it. Yeah. And he could win it again. So... Uh, Will uh, Rod Lick be riding? I don't know. Ah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Possibly. So there you are. There we are. So yeah. that's the Milan San Remo to look out for yeah, this, this coming weekend. Yeah. Weekend. Yeah. So yeah. we could possibly do a review of that yeah. next week. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. You said that the Paris Nice is a warm up for the Milan San Remo. So I think a lot of riders will treat it like that. Yeah. But even yeah. though the, the Paris Nice is a big stage race mm. and this is and the Milan San Remo is just a one day race, mm. it seems to me that the Paris Nice will be a lot harder. Uh it just depends, I suppose, how you tackle it. If you're if you're an overall contender, like the riders have mentioned earlier, uh where you have to uh, be up there all the time you know, coping with the pressure or putting the pressure on. It certainly will be a lot harder. But mm. uh, for the for the domestiques and uh, the other riders who constitute most of the, the peloton, uh, it, not necessarily so. Mm. Uh, yeah, so a lot of the riders just treat it as a, you know, a eight-day training ride. And, of course, uh, as I mentioned as well, uh, quite a lot of them went... Uh, didn't uh, didn't start. There were dropouts every day. Yeah. Yeah. So you said that it was very well. The weather to begin with, to the, at the start of the last stage, was bad, mm. and that they were having to put on their gloves and mm. cycling jackets. Mm. So where do they keep all that? You don't see them carrying it with them. Oh, they've got loads of vehicles. Uh, they keep all that in the in the team cars. Mm. They have two team cars. Each each team has two team cars on the road in the race and uh, the reason for that if, if a rider is up the road in a breakaway like uh, say Martinez uh, was the team, as long as they've got a lead of uh, 30, 30 seconds or more the team car then can come in the team cars can come in behind the gap between the breakaway group and the main pack, um, you know, because if the riders need any assistance, right? If the lead drops below thirty seconds, they're called back by the the commissaires. Just they don't want yeah. them getting in the way of well, the, the rest they don't of the. Because if they get in the way, they can help him pacing the chasing group back. So that that if if you see the the team if you see a breakaway. And uh, the team, you see the team cars being caught, be going back. That's why, because the lead has come down to thirty seconds, or it's less than thirty seconds. The gaining. Yeah, and so the other car, the other car, that stay, that will stay behind the main pack, uh, the the peloton. So that's why they have two cars. But they've got loads of equipment anyway. They've got lorries full of gear and. Uh, yeah, 
yeah. everything the riders need, you know. Yeah. It's spare, spare bikes, mechanics, doctors, masseurs, physiotherapists. A big organisation for cycle sport. Like an army. <laughs> like an army, yeah. And it's all got in a big stage race like the three big tours, all that has got to be moved every every day down the road. All the equipment you see at the side of the road, uh, the, the barriers, um, the stands at the finish, the commentary boxes, all the television people, radio people, all the press. It's all, all got to be moved through the night to the next venue so yeah it's very big it's like a huge traveling circus a big undertaking mm -hmm. it must take a huge lot of organization mm. oh yeah yeah i remember watching the, the the big cycle races that have come through especially the tour de france and it took the do they call it the caravan yeah. At the back, after yeah. the, the actual peloton yeah, had gone the through. Publicity vehicles. Yeah, mm. it took yeah. them. When the cyclists themselves go past, you barely see them. They, it goes so fast, they're yeah. gone in like yeah. a, a matter of seconds. But the big caravan, all the people that come up behind, that seemed to go on forever and ever. Mm, there's a lot of them. Mm. And they didn't all come over to Britain. No. Because uh, well, it, it's a lot of expense to, uh, to get the vehicles across here. So they chose to, to wait back on the continent for the race returning there. Mm. So uh, although it took a long time for them to go through the town, like you said, the, there were still more that could have been there. Yeah. But that's how the race is funded. Yeah. Because the spectators don't pay a penny. That's one of the good things about it. That's one of the things that I really like about cycle sport is mm. that you can watch it mm. for mm. free. Yeah, Just turn that's up right. and there you go, yeah, see the best... Yeah. Athletes yeah. in the world go straight yeah. past your front yeah. door sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but as some people say, oh, you know, you know, they they whisk through and they're only there for a few seconds. You know, they're all gone and away by uh, 30, 40 seconds. But it's just not true, is it? No. It takes a long time, doesn't it? It does. Uh, yeah. And you've got all the yeah, advertising yeah. and the yeah. the promoters and people mm. throwing sweets and hats and yeah. stuff at you coming through well before yeah. the peloton gets there. That's right. And that's why the fans on the continent flock to the big mountain climbs. You know, they're going up uh, a huge climb like uh, the Galibiero in the Alps, French Alps, or the Tourmalet down in the Pyrenees. And uh, fans go up there and wait up there for days. Really? Some of them, yeah, to get the, the viewing point. Mm. And uh, because these are big climbs and they really split the, split the peloton up, you know, the, the first rider can be um, half an hour at least ahead of the last few riders to mm. go through. So, it, uh, and then there's all the caravan that goes through as well, like you said. So it, it's, it can be a, at least an hour's show, you know, uh, on these uh, big mount, mountain climbs. So that's one of your hot takes, that if you want to go and view the Tour de France, yeah. best place to go is to go well, camp you, out on a mountain climb. You've got to do. Yeah. It's, it's uh, the, big, the big spectacles of the tour, seeing the climbers toil over these uh, these huge Alp Alpine and Pyrenean climbs. Yeah. Mm. So um, the bikes that they use, I'm guessing that they will have a huge impact on their ability to win the race. There must be lots of technology going on in the bikes. Well, they're all pretty equal now. I don't think uh, 
uh, one bike will give much advantage over another because there's not much difference in them. Mm. I mean, the only difference is that, uh, to, you know, uh, the, the, the motorised tailored to each individual rider, you know, the size, uh, the, the saddles that they use, uh, th uh, minor things like that. But apart from that, uh, the, the, they're all pretty similar. They're all top-end bikes, cost, costing thousands of pounds. I seem to remember there was some controversy at the twenty twelve Olympics in the not on the track on in the velodrome mm -hmm. that uh, was it one of the American riders or the Australians were saying that we were cheating because our wheels were too round. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember something about that. Yeah, yeah, they were looking at our, they couldn't understand why the British team was so good and why we kept winning all the medals and yeah. I think there might have been a bit of sour grapes mm. and so they were saying it was unfair because our wheels were too round and that's why we were winning. Well, I'm not going to say any, I'm not going to go any further on that one because there might be some uh, American listeners listening to our <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure they'd uh, see the funny side of it. Yeah. <laughs> but all, all the all the bikes that you see in the Tour de France are on the track. There's a UCI uh, rule that says they've got to be available to the public to buy over the counter. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, so no secret technology. Well, that's uh, what the rule implies, yeah. Mm. You know, whether there is or not, I don't want to say. I don't know. <laughs> So they don't get much chance to rest then, do they, between races if... I mean, it's only just finished. What's that, a week? Yeah. Mm. Well, seven days, really. Right. I'll do that a bit again yeah. when the cuckoo's You can tell it's getting near spring, the cuckoo's here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A very noisy cuckoo. <laughs> I've got a word with him. <laughs> <laughs> He's off yeah, now, banging yeah. his... Uh, his band, uh, band started up. <laughs> yeah. His beer keg, his yeah. beer glass on his table. Is that it? That's it, I think it's done. Yeah, it's now sleep. two o'clock yes. in the afternoon. <laughs> I'll do that a bit again. Okay. So um, they don't get much chance to rest then between the Paris-Nice and the... The Milan San Remo, what has it been a week? Yeah, well, seven days, I think. Uh, uh, Milan San Remo starts on Saturday. So. Uh, and the, I don't think they'll be resting much, they'll be out training. You'd think that they'd yeah. need a time to yeah. recover. Yeah, well, you would, but uh, this, is what this is what they do, this is what they like. And uh, even in the Tour de France, which has two rest days now, the riders don't take it, take it easy. Well, most of them don't. You know, uh, go down to a cafe and have a drink and a, a chat. They're, they're out on the bikes on the rest days, most of them. You're not, not going hard, but just keeping their legs spinning. Stop themselves from stiffening up, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. So will it be like bang, bang, bang all the way through the rest of the season? Like More there'll be race, less, after yeah. race after yeah. race after race? I mean, they don't do every races because mm. there's so many of them now. But they'll pick and choose. They'll have the season planned out, which races they're going to do, you know. Yeah. And uh, that can change. It depends on how the form is, you know, how they're feeling. Yeah, the Milan San Remo, mm. Saturday. Uh, like I say, if the weather's good, which it usually is down that uh, end of France, uh, so, mm, the Paris Nice on the last day. Although, like I said, it did it did, uh, it did, did stop raining. 
on the uh, on the last climb of the day in Paris Nice, and the sun came out, and it was surprising how quickly the roads dried. Mm. And uh, by the time they got down into the Nice itself, uh, there were no very few wet, wet patches on the road at all. So yeah, it turned out all right. Good. That's what we like. Mm. Is this the first? I bet this is the first time it's been run in a few years, then, isn't it? It's with two COVID? Year. Well, it's at least two years since it was run. Yeah. Mm. So they'll all be trying to get back into form. Yeah, yeah, they will. Right, so that's good. We've got something to look out for for next week, and probably next week we'll do a review of what happened in the in the Milan San Remo. Of course, why not? Why not? Let's hope it's a good race. Absolutely, have a bottle of wine. It's and it'll be Italian, won't it, Milan? Um. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. It's yes. Italian. Yeah. So a nice bottle of something Italian, mm. maybe a. Chianti. Chianti. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a Pinot Grigio for me or something like that okay. nice suave yeah, yeah. <laughs> any other plans for the rest of the week um, let me see uh, no no <laughs> not going to the pub uh, maybe tomorrow not today yeah not on your bike at all no not yet not yet no. I might give it a polish let's <laughs> give it a bit of a polish ready yeah, preparing I, yeah. I might the... look at it <laughs> for the season to come <laughs> Right then. Well, thanks again for listening to us. Um, I hope that we uh, have been informative and uh, entertaining, hopefully, as well. Mm-hmm. What do you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> we'll try. we try. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you do enjoy listening to us, then um, please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we are available to... We are on the, all the socials. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Um, I think we're at your bike on your bike on Twitter. So yeah, get on t- in touch with us, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and uh, let us know what you think. Give us your your opinions, and um, don't just you know give us say nice things. If you think that we can improve on things, then we're genuinely interested to hear your views, and we'll try and implement them. Um, so yeah, join us again next week for another episode of On Your Bike. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>